Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. I hope everyone is doing well, staying safe, and most importantly, remaining healthy. It is without a doubt unprecedented times in which we are living. It's unthinkable. I think we're all just simply shell-shocked. A couple weeks ago, it was life as normal, and now it's life as anything but normal. All the more reason we need to continue carving out some time each week to maintain activities that are important to us and help sustain us through difficult times. I think it's safe to say for all of us, music is one of our life-sustaining activities. That is why I am so committed to recording and releasing a new Jazz Panel Skills podcast episode each week, especially during times of crisis like we are currently experiencing, so that it can help you establish a sense of normality. I hope that the Jazz Panel Skills weekly podcast, in addition to helping you discover, learn, and play jazz piano, I hope that it brings you some joy as well. Okay, last week, we explored minor chromaticism. So I know you're probably guessing that this week we're going to take a look at major chromaticism. If this is what you were anticipating, then you are spot on. You guessed it. That's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to take a look at major chromaticism today. But before we do, I want to remind everyone about the addition of SpeakPipe to jazz piano skills. It was awesome, really awesome this past week receiving voicemail messages from many of you. And I hope you enjoyed receiving my return voicemail responses as well. For those of you that do not know what SpeakPipe is and what it does, let me begin by saying it's some very cool technology. And not only is it cool technology, it's ridiculously simple to use, which makes it Amazing technology. SpeakPipe basically allows you and me to verbally interact with one another with one simple little click. Each Jazz Piano Skills podcast episode now has a SpeakPipe widget next to it that you can use to send me a message on the fly, a thought that you may have, a question, an insight, or what the heck, just a friendly word. Your message is sent directly to me at that very moment, and then I can send you a message in return, a voice message, me actually speaking to you and you speaking to me. Imagine that, real-life conversation. Some of you have adopted this new feature quickly, which I absolutely love. It's fantastic. I encourage everyone to check it out, just go to jazzpianoskills.com, click on the podcast link in the menu bar that runs across the top of the page, and once you're on the podcast page, you'll see SpeakPipe. You'll see all the podcast episodes, and with along with each podcast episode, you'll see the SpeakPipe widget right next to it or right below it, and you can just simply click on it, shoot me a message, a voice message, and I'll uh, holler right back at you. It's fantastic technology. Take advantage of it like some of you have already done. It's wonderful. I look forward to dialoguing with all of you. As always, I want to remind you that there is a supplemental guide that is available for this podcast episode today, Major Chromaticism. Uh, There's an educational uh, Jazz Piano Skills podcast guide available for every episode. Again, if you're one of those folks that enjoy seeing the musical concept, the jazz piano skill, uh, illustrated using traditional musical notation, music notation, then the jazz piano skills guides are absolutely a must for you. Each guide explores or uh, notates the musical concept in all 12 keys, not just the key that I illustrate today that I use to model everything today in, uh, uh, for this concept, for this jazz piano skill, but it actually illustrates each jazz piano skill in all 12 keys. They're fabulous educational tools that, that are wonderful to have on your piano, at your side, 
when you're practicing. So check those out when you're at Jazz Piano Skills as well. Likewise, my whole curriculum, Jazz Piano Skills curriculum, the courses are out there as well. New ones are being added. In fact, I'm just about ready to release a new one exploring the 11th, 11th sound through major, dominant, minor, half diminished, and diminished. So check out the Jazz Piano Skills courses as well. I'll give you some more information at the end of this podcast regarding the courses. But if you have any questions, send me a message. Click on SpeakPipe. Shoot me a message. I'll answer any questions that you have. Happy to help out in any way that I can. And last, but certainly not least, the Jazz Piano Skills Forums. There is a forum for each podcast episode. There is also a forum for each Jazz Piano Skills course. Utilize those forums to ask questions, to get answers, to interact with the Jazz Piano Skills community, to make new friends. They're wonderful. We need more activity in the forums. So when you're at Jazz Piano Skills, take a second, check out the forums, and introduce yourself. Jump in and, and start a thread, ask a question, and allow some folks to interact and get to know you as well. I want to remind you, especially if you're a first-time listener, that regardless of where you are in your jazz journey, a beginner, an intermediate player, or even an experienced professional, you will find this podcast, this lesson, and all the podcast episodes to be beneficial. This week, we are exploring Major Chromaticism, Part 1. And in this lesson, you are going to discover major chromaticism. What is it? You're going to learn how to begin using it to develop improvisational lines. And you're going to play it, major chromaticism, you're going to play it using various patterns from the root, from the third, and from the fifth of the sound. Last week before digging into minor chromaticism. I stress the importance of understanding every musical skill you study in relation to a specific sound. Major, dominant, minor, half diminished and diminished. You must see a musical skill through the lens of a musical sound in order to bring focus to the skill itself. It's funny, the last couple of weeks, I've been studying and learning about video editing, all in an effort to publish quality content to YouTube, my new YouTube channel. The program that I'm using is called Adobe Premiere, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with on either a personal or professional level. Either way, I can assure you that you know a ton more than I do about this amazing piece of software. Okay, but but I'm sharing this with you because I, want, I learned about a thing called adjustment layers, which ties in beautifully with why I stressed you that all musical skills must be studied and applied to a musical sound in order for it to make sense, in order for it to be beneficial to your musical growth. So let me explain. An adjustment layer allows you to apply various types of effects to your video clip without altering the original clip or video footage. In other words, you place this adjustment layer on top of your video. Then you apply your effects and you get to see the impact of your edits in relation to your video clip so that you can accurately assess the impact of the effect being applied. You get to see and understand what the video effect does that you're experimenting with, what it actually does to your video. The effect becomes meaningful because you actually get to see it in relation to the video. The effect, like blurring, right, or messing with the contrast or the lighting and so on, the effect on its own without the video is absolutely worthless. 
And so it is with music. The skill on its own without the sound is worthless. Now, here is the cool part. If you would delete your adjustment layer after you have experimented with all kinds of editing effects, your original video remains untouched. What this illustrates is that your video is the core of your project. It's the focal point. Without the video, nothing else matters. This is exactly how you should approach studying music. You should begin with a sound, major, dominant, minor, half diminished and diminished. And then you can apply an adjustment layer with an effect like chromaticism, cyclical quadruplets, lower neighboring tones, upper neighboring tones, pentatonic patterns, and on and on. When you remove your musical adjustment layer, the sound is still there, fully and beautifully intact. This is why chromaticism, on its own, is atonal and worthless. On the other hand, chromaticism, in relation to sound, major, minor, becomes meaningful and extremely useful. As I stressed last week, if you are practicing a jazz piano skill, void of a musical sound, major, dominant, minor, half diminished, diminished, then you are not practicing the skill correctly. You are wasting valuable practice time. It would be like trying to add an effect or use an effect without a video. It makes no sense at all. So let's get busy. Let's make sense of major chromaticism. Let's apply an adjustment layer of chromaticism to a major sound so that the chromatic scale becomes for us much more than a meaningless one or two octave exercise. No, we want it to become an essential major improvisational idea. So let's do this. Let's discover, learn, and play Major Chromaticism, Part 1. Sit back, relax, turn on your ears. Here we go. Okay, the first thing I want to say is today... I'm uh, reliving my childhood a little bit. I'm pulling out the Fender Road sound. Right? This is what I grew up playing when I was a kid in the 70s. We had uh, Fender Rhodes, digital pianos, electric pianos. What a great sound. It's classic. And, uh, you know, I'm always saying to you in these podcasts, when you practice these jazz panel skills, mix it up a little bit, right? You don't have to do the same groove all the time. You don't have to practice the same tempos. At, you know, variety is the spice of life, so change it up. So today, uh, I'm going to be using this beautiful road sound. And uh, I'm going to be using kind of a bossa, a bossa nova groove with all these demonstrations. So it's going to be very different than just your straight ahead swing groove. So I, I thought I would illustrate, you know, since I'm always preaching to you to mix things up a little bit, I thought I would do that uh, as well. Take a little bit uh, of my own medicine here. So for a quick review, the chromatic scale just simply is, uh, contains all 12 notes of our tuning system. So if you start on middle C and you go up to C, There it is. Same thing coming down. There's your chromatic scale. And with regards to fingerings, I mentioned last week there are a ton of great uh, fingering charts out there with the, for the chromatic scale. So just go to Google. Do a Google search for chromatic scale fingering. You'll see all kinds of uh, wonderful illustrations for that. So today, uh, I'm going to model everything. Last week, I did with minor chromaticism. 
I use the C minor sound. Today, for major chromaticism, I'm going to use the C major sound. Now, uh, the very first thing I do when practicing a chromatic scale, again, I do it always in reference to or in relation to a sound. So I would um, practice chromatically, uh, starting on the root, and the very first thing I would do is I practice from the root to the third. Right? So I'm going to have my C major sound. So there it is, from the root to the third. And then I would go from the third, practice from the third to the fifth. And then I would practice from the fifth to the seventh. That's just a little technique exercise that I would do. And I would do that not just for C major, but for F major and B flat major and E flat major around the entire horn, right, to cover all 12 majors. So again, I'm not just practicing the chromatic scale for a full octave. When do you ever hear jazz musicians play a chromatic scale an entire octave or two octaves up and down the piano. You don't, right? So you're always using that chromatic scale in fragments. And so I like to think of those fragments as existing between the root, uh, from the root to the third, from the third to the fifth, and from the fifth to the seventh. So if you want to just jump in and dig in and practice technique and fingerings using the chromatic scale, this is exactly how I would suggest doing it. Okay, so with that being said, let's, let's move on to our demonstrations. We're going to have uh, 12 demonstrations today, just as we did last week with the minor chromaticism. And we're going to use four types of motion. So we're going to use our ascending, ascending motion, ascending, descending motion, descending, descending motion, and descending, ascending motion. Each one of those four motions are going to contain three patterns. A pattern from the root, a pattern from the third, and a pattern from the fifth. So four motions, three patterns each, equals 12 demonstrations. Okay, so here we go. Motion one, ascending, ascending, and pattern one. So... I'm going to use chromaticism. I'm going to ascend from my root to my minor third or to my E flat. So I'm ascending chromatically. Then I'm going to continue my ascent with a major arpeggio starting on the third, which is E. And then I'm going to go G and C. So it's the C major triad in first inversion. So this is where I get the ascending, ascending. I'm ascending chromatically, ascending with an arpeggio. Nice, right? So that's the idea right there. It's a great little line. So now let's bring in the rhythm section. Let's bring in our drummer, our bass player, guitar, and let's have some fun with this pattern. Again, I'm going to keep it straight. I'm just not going to doodle. I'm not going to mess around. I'm not going to try to improvise. I'm just going to play this pattern, and I'm going to focus on playing it with a good sound, a good feel, a good articulation. I want it to sound like jazz. So here we go. Ascending, ascending from the root, Chromaticism from the root to the third, and then ascending with the major arpeggio in first inversion. Let's check it out.
Pretty cool, right? Gotta love it, man. It's going back. I'm, you know what? That road sound, I guess maybe what it is, I'm just trying to stay young, right? It makes me think that I'm still back in high school playing my Fender Rhodes. I just love that sound. Um, it's classic. So um, that sounded great, right? And all it was, that line, chromaticism from the root to the third, followed by a major arpeggio. And is it, isn't it interesting how that chromatic scale sounds so that chromatic fragment sounds so major today. Last week, it sounded so minor. Why is that? Because we're actually playing it in relation to a sound. Makes perfect sense. So, okay, now, pattern number two. We're going to start on our third. So we're going to start on our E, and we're going to move chromatically up to the fifth. Right? Then we're going to, from there, we're going to go from the root to the fifth. Right? So we get this. Right? So it's still ascending, ascending. Nice. Very good line. Very nice. So now let's bring our rhythm section back in. Let's take a listen to this. Here we go. last week that you know it's it, it's amazing it's always the simple ideas that end up sounding so great you know when you're studying jazz when you're learning this art form you always kind of approach it with the idea that when you're listening to these professional jazz pianists you're always thinking they're doing something that is like earth-shattering complicated off the charts hard. And in reality, when you actually start studying it and you're finding out and you start analyzing and looking at transcriptions and what's really going on, you start going, wait a minute, are you kidding me? That's a chromatic, that's just a little chromatic line followed by a major arpeggio and it sounds that good? Unbelievable. And it sounds that good because of the feel, the articulation applied to that nice line, right? So you got a nice, simple, melodic idea played with a great feel and great uh, articulation, and it's going to sound fantastic. So keep that in mind. The whole idea of going through these demonstrations with you is to try to demystify what is happening when you're listening to these jazz piano players developing these great improvisational ideas. So with that being said, let's move on to pattern number three. We're going to start with our fifth. So we're starting with our G. We're going to move chromatically up to B flat. Right? Wow, flat seven against the major seven. Right? A little tension, but we're going to move right through that. So we're going to go from our fifth to our flat seven. And then continue our ascent with our major triad in root position, C, E, G. So we get... I'm going to put my voicing underneath that. Very nice line. So here we go. Let's bring the rhythm section back in. Let's take a listen to this. Again, I'm not going to try to get fancy. I'm just going to continue to play that melodic motif, that idea, over and over again with a good feel, a good sound, a good articulation. Here we go. Mm -hmm. 
Pretty hard to beat. Three great ideas using ascending, ascending motion, a little snippet of the chromatic scale from the root to the third, from the third to the fifth, from the fifth to the seventh, followed by an ascending arpeggio using the triad. Pretty straightforward. And you got three incredible patterns to begin utilizing to help you formulate jazz vocabulary for yourself that you will incorporate into your playing. Three great ideas, but, but guess what? We have nine more to go. So now we move on to our second motion, ascending, descending. We're going to go through the same thought process. We're going to start on the root, then we're going to move to the third, and then we're going to move to the fifth. So now we're going to start with our root. We're going to ascend again, right? to our flat three, our E flat. And then we're gonna just continue with our C major triad up to the E, but we're gonna descend with our arpeggio. So I'm coming down C, uh, E, C, G. So I get this. Nice, right? Gotta move that left hand out of the way if I'm gonna play it launching off middle C. good practice getting those hands used to working together complementing one another staying out of the way of one another right so if it's um, right now if that's a little too confusing just move that line up an octave and play your voice and then you don't have to worry about getting that left hand out of the way great line Okay, I got to stop because what happens is I want to start practicing. So I'm going to just stop that right now. So let's bring in the rhythm section and let's take a listen to this ascending, descending idea using chromaticism and a major arpeggio. Here we go. cool. In fact, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I don't even know what to say after these um, ideas because I think they just speak for themselves. You know, they're just great lines. They're just gr great ideas that you can use as launching pads, right, to help you discover, learn, and play your jazz vocabulary. So now we move to the third. We're going to take our ascending, descending motion. We're going to move to the third. So we're going to uh, Start with our E, and we're going to move up to the G chromatically. 
So here we are up to the G. And now we descend with, with our C major arpeggio again, starting on the E. So that's C major tri uh, triad in second inversion, right? So we get same type of deal. You're going to have to move that left hand out of the way. Or play the pattern up an octave. And then the hands won't conflict. Wonderful line. Let's bring in our rhythm section and hear this in a musical context. Here we go. cool stuff. So let's take a look at our last ascending descending idea. So we start on our fifth. We're going to start on our G. We're going to move chromatically up to our B flat. Now here's where I'm going to change things up a little bit. I'm going to, because I'm moving chromatically, I'm going to continue to move chromatically and begin my descent of the major sound on the note B which is a major seven. Ah, a little different than the triad, right? So I'm going to go chromatically up to my B. Now my B, B, G, E. Really pretty, right? You could go up and go to the C to keep it like we've been doing with the major triad, but I'm trying to illustrate to you that you can modify these, right? You can do little things like that to just change it up. That seventh sound in there sounds fantastic. So now let's bring in our rhythm section and hear this ascending, descending motion with just a little tweak. Instead of doing the triad, the pure C major triad, we're going to use a fragment of the major sound using the seventh, the fifth, and the third. Sounds wonderful. Let's hear it in a musical setting, in a musical context with our rhythm section. Here we go. completed six. We're halfway there. We've done six melodic ideas using uh, ascending, ascending motion, three ascending, ascending, three ascending, descending, building our ideas off the root, off the third, off the fifth of the major sound. So now we move on and we begin with descending, descending motion. 
Okay, and again, we're going to use, we're going to create, we're going to construct three melodic ideas using descending, descending motion from the root, from the third, and from the fifth. So our first idea, we're going to start with our root. I'm, above, mid, I'm on C above middle C, and I'm going to descend chromatically down to my A. Then I'm going to fall right into my note G, which is the fifth of the C major triad, and then just go down the triad. G, E, C. So I get really nice cascading effect, right? Now let me do that again. There you go. Really pretty sound. Let's bring a rhythm section in. Let's give this a spin and see what we think. Here we go. Okay, so now, um, now we see how that's working with our descending, descending motion. Let's, let's continue on, right? Let's move to the third, and we're going to descend from the third down to the flat two, right? The D flat, then fall right into the note C. Now our, unfold our triad, G and E. So you get, now the triad, right? Let's bring our rhythm section in. I think you're going to like this. Here we go. cool ideas, wonderful lines to start getting under your hands, in your ears and under your hands, right? Uh, I think intellectually you have no problem following this. It's all making logical sense how we kind of construct these ideas and, and put them together. So now we go to our uh, last descending, descending pattern. So we start on the fifth of our C major triad, so on our G and we descend to the third chromatically. And then from there, unfold the C major triad, descending, starting on C. C, G, E. So we get... Nice. Really nice. So let's bring our rhythm section in. Let's hear this in musical context. Here we go.
So now we've completed three more melodic ideas, three more melodic patterns to begin utilizing to help us develop jazz improvisation vocabulary. Three descending, descending motion ideas. So the last leg of this journey is to look at descending, ascending motion. And again, we apply the same logic, right? We're going to start from the root, from the third, and from the fifth of the major sound. So we're going to start with our C, uh, and we're going to move chromatically, descending down to our A. Now we're going to change directions and ascend using our C major triad, C, E, G. So we get... Nice. Very cool, very hip. Let's bring our rhythm section in and take a listen to this idea in musical context. Again, I'm just keeping it simple. I want to play that idea. I want to digest that completely and focus on my sound and my articulation. So here we go. Let's take a listen. Very nice. Great line. Great idea. Okay, now on to the third. Descending, ascending. So we're going to start on our third. We're going to descend chromatically down to our D flat, which is going to allow us to fall right into the note C for, for our ascending C major triad. Right? So we get... Very cool. All right, rhythm section. Here we go. Let's take a listen to this. last demonstration, the last melodic idea of the day. So we start with our fifth, our G, and I'm going to bring it down an octave. I'm going to bring it back down to the G right above middle C, and we're going to move chromatically, descending down to our E, and then we're going to ascend our C major triad. So we're going to go to our G on the ascending side of that E and continue with our C major triad. So we get... Nice. 
very cool line. So now, let's take a listen to this with our very hip rhythm section. So here we go. What an exercise, right? 12 patterns, 12 ideas that we generate by just simply using a fragment of the chromatic scale followed by a major arpeggio, a triad arpeggio. And then just approaching it logically, you know, that music, a melodic line in music can only go one of two directions. It can either go up or it can go down. So incorporating that into our practicing, right? Where we create an ascending, ascending idea. Ascending, descending. Descending, descending. Descending, ascending. It's logic, right? Melodic lines go up and down. So we have to practice up and down. And then we take a skill like the chromaticism. And then look at that skill through the lens of a major sound. We apply it to a sound. And now all of a sudden, everything starts to make musical sense. So spend some time thinking about all of this as much as you do practicing all of this. Think and then do. Spend time thinking about this. So I hope you have found this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson on major chromaticism, part one, because there are many parts to come. I hope you have found it to be insightful. And of course, I hope you have found it to be beneficial. Don't forget, SpeakPipe, if you have any questions, you can send me off a voicemail. Let me hear your voice. And then I'll return your voicemail with my voice and I'll answer your question. So those SpeakPipe widgets are right alongside or right underneath my podcast episode if you are listening to this at jazzpianoskills.com. It's not showing up. The SpeakPipe widget is not there if you're at iHeartRadio or Spotify or Pandora or listening it through another another platform. But at jazzpanelskills.com, that SpeakPipe widget is there so you and I can easily engage and interact with one another. I look forward to hearing from you. Just a quick reminder that there is a supplemental educational guide that is out there and available for you right now that takes all of these uh, major, these 12 ideas, melodic ideas using major chromaticism, and I have them notated in all 12 keys, all 12 patterns and all 12 keys that you can have sitting on your piano and referencing as you're practicing these ideas moving from key to key. It's a great resource. It's a great resource to have in your jazz piano library and to use it as a reference when you're practicing. And by the way, for this week, if you grab it, it's half off $2.50. Uh, instead of the $5 cost. And again, I do that. It's just my way of saying thank you for being a Jazz Piano Skills podcast listener. Don't forget also, check out the Jazz Piano Skills courses. If you're wanting to study Jazz Piano Skills, specific skills extensively, I encourage you to check out the courses. 
Each course is packed with comprehensive lessons, with detailed instruction and illustrations, in-depth educational talks, interactive learning media, traditional guides and worksheets that you can download and utilize, high-definition video demonstrations in all 12 keys, by the way, so you can see my fingerings and hand movement, play-along tracks, lead sheets, and, of course, professional and personal uh, support, educational support is available, and easy access, right? Mobile access to all your smart devices, whether it's your computer or your tablet, your phone, uh, or even your watch, believe it or not, your TV, your watch. So check out the Jazz Piano Skills courses. Don't forget also, get active. Become a registered member in the forums. Introduce yourself. Start to make new jazz friends. Uh, start some threads. Ask some questions. Get some answers. Go to jazzpanelskills.com. Check out the forums. Let's get this thing rocking. So that's it. That's it for this week. Please stay safe. Stay healthy, enjoy the journey, and most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano. <laughs>